Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. So welcome back to the Rick Shields Golf Show podcast, everybody. Episode 136. I'm your host, Rick Shields. Nearly forgot my name. Uh, here with co-host, Guy. Yes. Um, you might have to bring the energy today, pal. So I'm, I'm a little little tiny bit fatigued. Luckily for you, I've got arguably too much energy today because I missed you. <laughs> oh, thanks, And pal. I'm looking forward to having you back. And I'm looking forward to doing a podcast and hearing some more tales about your insane... Um, ridiculous, outlandish, obscene, incredible uh, walk 150. And I'm sure everybody listening knows what you did and wants to congratulate you on an incredible feat of physical and mental resilience, firstly. Um, <laughs> but you've raised £112,000. So? 120... Oh, right, wow, it's gone nearly, up again. Nearly 121000 There you go, 121000 thousand pounds which is absolutely incredible so hats off to yourself literally oh, thank you. <laughs> um, and you know for the people that have donated as well it's so um i know you've said this before and i'm sure you're going to reiterate it again but it's so incredibly kind of people in this current kind of tough economic climate to donate their hard-earned cash to such a, a worthy cause but as i said to you kind of off record not only the money is one thing that's incredible and that'll go so far, but it's the awareness as well. Yeah. And just a quick note, you know, obviously this has all been done for prostate cancer. And um, my dad was telling me a story at the weekend, actually. It's so crazy that, that you know, about prostate cancer. He'd, he'd seen an old friend at the weekend and he'd said, oh, my, my wife saved my life. I was like, what? He said, my wife has just saved my life. What do you mean? And apparently his wife said to him, he's this guy's in his 60s, late 60s or whatever, his wife said, you need to have a blood test. You've had one for a few years. You know, let's just go and check everything's all right. And he kind of put it off, put it off. Anyway, he went and he found out he had prostate cancer. Oh my God. And it was like a nine out of 10 in terms of seriousness. And luckily it was treated at the right time. And he's thankfully, I believe, clear. And, you know, stuff like that, the research that goes into helping these people and stuff like that, that's what your money is funding. So, again, really, really well done. Um, yeah. I think everybody listening can say, you've killed it. Well done. It was, uh, it was a task. <laughs> one Just that, a bit. One that, um, I must admit, I don't, I didn't know the magnitude of when I first set off. Mm. When I first took that very first step, I didn't quite fathom the fact I'd be walking for... <laughs> 10 plus hours every single day for six days across Scotland and the toll it's had on my body it, my, I'm, I've got to say it right now my bloody body's amazing like <laughs> thank you it like, is really good like what it can do 
it surprises me. Like, and everybody's probably the same. Mm. Like, what you can actually put yourself through is ridiculous. Like, I don't think we've really ever pushed our kind of boundaries. Certainly, I've not in that capacity before to walk over a marathon every single day for six days with my golf clubs on my back. When quite simply, at some points, I was in so much agonizing pain that I couldn't even get to the bathroom from my bed in a hotel room. So they'll then be able to go on and walk 20-odd miles a day. It's ridiculous. So It's incredible. No, it, it was really good. It's definitely one of those things that I am going to look back on in, in many years' time and go, that was pretty awesome. And um, the, like the support from all the fans, the donations, the messages, um, uh, the, the like I said, the comments that I've had have just been absolutely amazing. All the well wishes I had on route, Mm. So we had a live tracker. Loads of people came out, went went beyond uh, the needed to do to come and say hello, to beat the horn as they drove past. We got offered lifts by taxi drivers, <laughs> by van drivers. We obviously didn't take any lifts. Um, the support from the golf clubs at Presswick, which we are going to come on oh, to in a minute. Absolutely. Because Presswick is such an amazing place. We did a break 75 there. I played with Guy and the head pro, Dave. Um, the the support we got at Codder Golf Club at Glen Eagles and then finally at St Andrews the old course it just made it so magical um, the fact that like I say we managed to raise 120 grand like, it is mad that isn't it it's insane because I didn't really know at the start of it how much was possible I didn't have an idea we had a kind of rough goal in mind trying to break 26 grand I, I kind of thought we might do that just from previous um, fundraisers I've done so far but to get over that 100,000 mark has been pretty incredible. So, um, yeah, it, it was awesome. I, I thoroughly loved it, like, from start to finish. Obviously, it was hard. But at the end, weirdly, I didn't want it to finish. Yeah, I, I <laughs> How get weird that. is that? No, it's weird, but because of the pain you've been through and I'm guessing sometimes the boredom and, and the, it, the challenge. But, yeah, that was your life for six days. And I think yeah. you said before, again, off, off kind of the camera, that... It was quite a simple life. You get up, you put your golf clubs on your back, you put your shoes on, you just walk yeah. and you eat and you drink and that repeats six days in a row. Something quite like simplistic, although it was horrible, I guess, in parts. Something quite simple and, I don't know, yeah, nice it about it. It was. It was. It was. Stick loads of Vaseline on. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> in, all, in all the places the sun doesn't shine. Eat as much food as I can possibly eat. It was literally like being on an all-inclusive holiday. Possibly the worst all-inclusive <laughs> holiday ever. But the fact I could eat as much as I wanted. The support team, an amazing support team, by the way. So Alec, Ben and Katie, who who basically were there to fully, fully guide me. They're almost professional walkers. They've done, they do... Um, all sorts of uh, exhibition, expedition, expeditions, expeditions across all different places. This was the first time they'd ever done this particular sort of fundraising, um, but they supported me amazingly. We had the lads there. Obviously, you were there for a few days yeah, at the start, I didn't which walk, was amazing. I did the you walked the first four miles. Well, the first four miles, <laughs> one hundred and fifty. <laughs> um, Matt, who's behind the podcast now, uh, Harry and Ed, who literally filmed pretty much every bit of it. We are going to make a video about it. It's going to be like a mini documentary. You'll see a lot more behind the scenes the things that i didn't put on social media um there was tears mm, there was there? there was blood can imagine there was um you know beautiful views there was some rougher parts and that was just a break 75 <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah no like i say when it, when it when i got into saint andrews yesterday uh, sorry sunday afternoon there was probably about 
200 odd people around pretty much loads there was, there was yeah probably even closer to maybe 300 loads of people there they gave me a, a good kind of minute a pause which i must admit all i was doing was fighting back the tears going don't don't cry don't cry don't cry my family had only just met me 10 minutes earlier i'd not seen all week my three kids and my wife and we walked onto the the most iconic golf course in the whole of the world yes like in one of i always say but one of yours and mine favorite places in the whole of the world the sun was out it was at the end of the final leg the final i didn't even have to walk the full golf course because already we'd already done the mileage pretty much and to be able to say hello to everyone take loads of selfies sign golf balls i signed golf balls phone covers golf bags a guy's t-shirt phone cover that's a strange the back one. of a phone cover yeah, um loads of other bits and then to to walk down first with all these amazing people who supported, with my family there, like I say, it was just incredible. Like really, really etched into my mind. I know it's only just happened, but that will be etched into my mind forever. We walked down one, two, seventeen, and eighteen, and coming over the Swilkin Bridge, where uh, the guys at Prostate Cancer and my team had, had um, put like a lovely archway to finish, and we popped open the champagne, lo- loads of amazing pictures, and uh, yeah. I must admit, at that point, I was like, I could, I could keep going at this should, point. You should have carried on. <laughs> let's go back. Yeah, let's do it again. <laughs> One guy on route actually said, uh, when we, I think we were walking through Glasgow, a guy came up on his bike and he'd nipped out from work and he came down the hill and said, oh, Rick, I just wanted to get a quick picture and say, that well done. And I was like, oh, great. He said, my mate Jordan over in America says you're doing the easy way. So what do you mean? He said, you should do it Presswick to St. Andrews and St. Andrews back. I was like... Don't, don't even start mate because yeah. this, this this is 150 is pretty good um so yeah no it's epic um and like i say it was one of those things that i'm going to treasure forever and i'm already planning next year's challenge wow which is going to be bigger bolder harder than this year's not heard about this yet i'm intrigued <laughs> it's gonna be pretty awesome so yeah no it honestly it was it was awesome um and, and yeah, I don't, I don't really know what else to say. I, I mean, the the only other thing I had one big, big hiccup. So after day three, day Rachel McQueen joined me the whole of day three, which was lovely of her. And we were going through Sterling, and the last two miles of that day, getting up to twenty six miles, I was honestly crawling the speed I was going like my feet felt like they were almost doing like little tiny baby steps because like, like, my legs were just knackered like I was absolutely exhausted and I got into my room that night and I've done a little piece to, to the vlog camera and I'm thinking to myself I don't understand how I'm going to get through tomorrow like today was the hardest day without question I woke up that next day and honestly as I mentioned earlier I could not get from my bed to my bathroom which was yards away it's mad and, and I'm, I'm like hanging on the wall and even like I got to the toilet and I, I had to like hold myself up and I'm thinking I can't walk today like this, this is not possible but I thought to myself I am going to do it but I don't understand how like my, my mind can't comprehend I've not got a solution to yeah. my problem so um, Katie who's the medic with us um, examined me luckily it was a slightly start, later start that day and she examined, examined my left foot, which is where the pain was. And we discovered I had a stress fracture in the top of my foot. And she gave me two options. She said, we can go to, option one, we can go to the hospital. Amputate it. <laughs> get a knife from the all-you-can-eat breakfast at Premier Inn. We can uh, go to the hospital, get x-rayed. It's going to take ages. 
you're going to have to stop the walk and they're going to tell you to rest. Mm. Or we can ice it, take painkillers and carry on walking. I was like, well, let's do option two because I'm not doing option one. Oh, wow. And um, even then, like putting the ice on, it was killing me. I was in like agonizing pain. To, to describe it, she said to me, every time you step, like take pressure on your foot, what's the, what's the pain between zero and 10? And at the time I was like eight, like compared to the worst pain I've ever felt. So I had some painkillers, I iced it. I managed to, to walk to the support van, which dropped me off at my location that day. And I got out the support van. I'm still like, this is killing me, really killing me. They gave me the, the walking poles, which really helped. And I thought, right, just walk, just walk. Forget the pain, just walk. And I, I did the first 10 steps. And I'm like, oh my God, the pain is so bad. I did the next 100 steps. I'm thinking... The pain's still really bad. Next thing, I'm three miles into the day going, this is really hurting, but I'm getting it done. That's mad. But I don't understand how my legs are working, but they are just going and going and going. And once I finished that day, I finished at Glen Eagles. This was the Friday. I finished at Glen Eagles. Amazing place. We've got to do break 75 there, by the way. Have you ever been to Glen Eagles? Yes. I've not played it, though, but it was, uh, I stayed for my brother's 30th birthday. Oh, it was incredible. Nice, it? And we went to go and play golf. And it started snowing. Oh, no way. Yeah, so we couldn't play. So we walked around the King's course, which is, I didn't know, was the hilliest golf course there. Um, with loads, again, loads of fans came out, kind of 40-odd fans came out. And I finished that day, and Glen Eagles very nicely put me up in the hotel that night for a night of luxury. And I got into my hotel room that night, and I, and I got the little vlogging camera, and I, and I almost celebrated. I was like, I don't understand how I've got through today. It's not like it's a mile walk, 26 miles yeah. after you've fractured your foot yeah I, I, I looked in the camera like i don't understand how i've got through today but i knew once i'd got through that i could get through day five and six i yeah. just knew i could and to be honest i i actually got over the pain and actually fully immersed myself and loved that you did day seem, five and six from what i saw on the videos and when i spoke to you, i think on a facetime you looked like after that you like a new new person i was just like buzzing i was just yeah. like the, the energy, because I thought to myself, if I can get through that day when I thought it was impossible, as long as I don't feel worse than that, I can get through yeah. tomorrow. And I woke up the day after um, Glen Eagles on the Saturday morning, and I was like, well, I don't feel as bad. I can easily get through. To I had to ice my feet loads. I had to put my feet in ice and really cold baths and this, that, and the other. But, yeah, it was pretty epic. Um, but, yeah, that's uh, hopefully the mini documentary will kind of show a little bit more of the the trials and tribulations, and you can find out what I cried about and and uh, and potentially a hint for what's next. No, that that's awesome, and I'm sure a lot of the people listening and watching will want to go and watch that because I do. It'll be interesting. Obviously, I wasn't there for a lot of it, for most of it, really. So to see behind the scenes, I think that will be um, very exciting. It's been a big week. I know, it's that's the only a, thing I did miss, it was the bloody US Open. So, yeah, we've got, I mean, obviously we're, this is out on Wednesday now, so we're a couple of days delayed, obviously for, for obvious reasons, but the US Open was absolutely incredible. Um, I watched a lot of it, and certainly on the Sunday, I watched almost every single shot, apart from 9 till 10, I watched Love Island, so I'll hold my hands up to that. Um, but, to be fair, the US Open app this year was almost on par with the Masters app. You could watch most of the shots. That's so any bits good. that you did miss, you could watch on there, which was really good. Obviously, as everybody knows, Matt uh, Fitzpatrick went on to win. He won by a single shot at the golf course. He won the US Amateur at in 2013. He is... I was always, I'll be honest now, wasn't against Matt Fitzpatrick at all, but I didn't like him. I was just somewhere very much in between, very kind of neutral. 
the way he played, the way he celebrated, and his press conference afterwards, I must admit I am now a fan. I think he was so incredibly humble. I don't know if you saw on um, when he won on 18, his brother Alex, who's obviously just turned pro as well, walked on and actually bypassed his brother for a minute to go and commiserate uh, Will Alatoris. Because they're pals, I think, from uni, have played a lot of golf together as well. I thought it was a nice touch. Obviously, a really nice nice family, kind of very down-to-earth family. And to see what it meant to him, and it was his first win, obviously, in America. And I don't know if you heard that quite nice flex that um, he's a member at the Burrs Club, Jack Nicholas's place. And he won the member-member tournament the other week, apparently, or the other month. And Jack apparently said to him, Jack Nicholas, um, oh, it's nice to see you finally win in America. (laughs) <laughs> so he's giving oh, him a bit of right. stick. Did, did did I see a clip of Jack ringing Matt as well? I think he did, yeah. After I think he must round. be quite pally, um, which obviously is quite a cool thing. Really that cool. Jack Nicholas is your friend and FaceTimes you and stuff. But yeah, the way he played, obviously everybody's seen that shot on 18 at the bunker. It was absolutely incredible. The way he had to fade it around the kind of hill within a bunker and the shape with a nine iron that he did and it landed to like 20 foot. He was absolutely phenomenal. And the way he's gained distance and speed, he was always known as being kind of quite a short hitter, yeah, very straight. His ball speeds up like 181, yeah. which that's like your Rory McIlroy, your Dustin Johnson territory. And he's not, he's not visibly looks no. like he's he's not he's not done a Bryson and bulked up and got this speed. It seems to be slowly but surely kind of incre- you know incremental changes to get him to the position. He's well, apparently now. he's been using a swing trainer thing, so right. like the speed sticks out like those orange whips or whatever. And he he has mentioned the brand. I can't think what it's called now, but it was in one of his press conferences. And apparently he was using that after lockdown for a bit and saw some gains and, and saw his driving increase. And I think he then kind of went off it for a while and actually lost distance naturally, but also lost accuracy, believe it or not. Oh, why? So he's got back onto that kind of um, speed journey, but not excessively from what it looks like. And he's he's just killing it. He's driving incredible. His accuracy with his irons is incredible. He's chipping. It looks a bit funky with the crock-handed. Croc uh, what's the word? Cross, uh, well, it's crack-handed, but I, I, I'm not sure if that's... Is it more like of a... I think cross-handed yeah. is probably, or left below right yeah. is probably a slightly more commonly used phrase these days. And he's chipping, he's good, he's yeah. putting, he's obviously incredible. Well, he's obviously coached by Phil Kenyon, yes. friend of the channel, who's been on the podcast before. Um, he's always been renowned as an incredible putter. Mm. He really has. He puts with a flag in. Um, it does look good for some reason. I quite like it. I'm a fan of it. And when you speak to all the pros, they seem to really, really rate Matt Fitzpatrick's putting like they almost see him, but he's never he doesn't ever seem to put himself in that much contentious positions to to show off his his pressure putting really. He always obviously just plays really nicely. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it was incredible to see and like I say English English lad winning again. Um, he when I've seen him hit golf balls, he it was always notably a lot lower than a lot of other players. Um, flight wise that looks like it's changed as well it looks that's like a speed potentially I think that's a speed because he, he goes super super strong yes. with the left hand grip which would really favour a low left but he kind of holds it really strong and holds it off crazy and he's started to get this kind of high flighted fade yeah, now that's cool that um, I'd like to say he's, he's, his um, ball speed gains are ridiculous there's always this tale and I, I actually met up with Alex Fitzpatrick his brother at last year's open qualifying, which we'll come on to in yes. a little bit, um, there's always these rumours that like Alex is even better than Matt. You always get that, you don't do, you? Massively. But there could be a bit of a formidable force because, like I say, Alex has just turned pro. Um, it would be great to see the pair of them out there and battling away. Um, you've got a few kind of brothers and stuff now and sisters yeah. in the in the, in the the Corder sisters. So it'd be quite interesting to see. But yeah, it's 
incredible win. Um, the golf course looked really, really hard. It looked, it looked hard, but kind of like fair as well. Did if it? you missed the green, there was thick, juicy rough yeah, that obviously yeah. looks like terrible. But don't miss the green then. Do yeah. you know what I mean? It was, it was well, great. that's what Matt did. He hit 17 out of 18 greens in, on the final insane. day. Insane. And I think what I loved as well, I've said this loads of times on the podcast, I don't watch loads of tour golf, which I want to start watching more. I should be watching more. Um, but I was glued to this. And I think for me, it was a win-win because I wanted Matt to win. He's an English guy. He's a good golfer. He deserves a win, I feel like. He's just a very, he's like I say, he's just a very humble, kind of genuine boy next door. Well, that, you kind of want to win. Yeah, and I must admit... It's, it's I, easy to root for. Yeah, but I wish that we could see, and I don't. maybe this Netflix documentary that's going to be coming out in a year or so that's like the Drive to Survive thing, maybe that will give us more people to root for because from watching Drive to Survive and learning about the F1 drivers, you see a lot of the personality that you wouldn't normally see, obviously, when they're racing or even in giving interviews. So I think hopefully that will shine more light on guys like Matt because when I watched his interview and it was like a 20-minute long press conference, you could see he was beaming. He was obviously in such a great mood, but you could tell that like he, he was down to earth and a real nice guy. Um, so maybe we'll start to see more of these guys in that light. But obviously he was playing well and obviously went on to win. You had Zalatoris, who is incredible in majors, who again, is going to win one soon and deserves to win one. He played so well. And then Scotty Scheffler. I love golfers like Tiger in the day that are just dominant, just yeah. go out and just either win everything or come top five. He's just, he's unbelievable, isn't he? So it? good. So I wanted him, I was happy if any of them won. I thought whichever one wins, it's a great story for golf. The kind of cool guys, the young guys, it's going to shine more eyeballs on the world of golf. And... Yeah, what a tournament. I absolutely loved it. I think probably the PGA Tour and a lot of these tours that are, that are trying their best to show that they're the best events, like the majors and the PGA Tour, have had a couple of phenomenal weeks. With yes. Rory winning in, in Canada, which we covered a couple last week, with obviously Matt Fitzpatrick winning over here, uh, sorry, winning over here, winning the US Open with a really strong field. Um, it, it, over the last few weeks it has been a good advert for golf like just good you know good 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 golf regardless of where you're watching it what tours um and, and kind of may long may it continue really well the other big news that was announced today as we're doing this but yesterday when you're listening and watching and we've done a little clip on is that brooks kepka has signed to the live golf tour so as i said yesterday tuesday we released a short video clip on the Rick Shields Golf Show YouTube channel. So if you want to watch that, go over and shortly and watch it. It's a seven-minute seven long clip where we gave kind of our thoughts and a bit more information. But for those of you that haven't seen that, we'll just touch on that briefly. So Brooks Kepka, uh, former world number one. He's currently world number 19, I believe. He has signed to Live Golf. At the time of recording this, we're not sure on the fee that he got paid. We may never hear it officially. There's rumours between $100 million and 150 which is, I think his, his on-course earnings to date are around $40 million. So if that's true, it's roughly three times what he's ever earned on-course. Paid making. more than Bryson? Maybe to play? Well, imagine. But <laughs> I mean, I feel like there's definitely that conversation. He's just gone in and gone, how much did you pay Bryson? Okay, I just want more. Yeah. Well, just make it like that. It, we touched on this again, that clip, but like his brother Chase is obviously signed to live and he's like world number 1,600 and something. You know, was that part of the deal early on? You know, get my brother a gig and I'll come as well, potentially. Yeah. I don't know. Um, the, but it's, the only thing I, I hope now, but I don't think it's going to be a quick thing. Liv doesn't seem like it's going anywhere. It seems like it's here. It's happening. It's, it's, it's only, the field is only going to get stronger. We've seen that we, day on day. Sure. Like, who knows? We're releasing this on Wednesday. 
They might have announced another two players, three well, the, players. The room, again, as we're recording this now, the rumour is that Marikawa's going to sign. I'm looking on Twitter as wow. we speak, and it's getting... So again, by the time this podcast is released, that could have happened. That's a, If they get Marikawa, that's a, another monster of a name. The only thing I want to kind of disappear is, is these outlandish, ridiculous amounts of money. Because I'm, I'm not... Even though we've, we've just talked about it... I'm not that bothered. And and as a golf fan, I just want to see good quality golf, the best players, wherever they're going to play. I, I don't know how it's going to be just yet. And, and it can't, doesn't have to be just one place. Obviously, the PGA Tour have come out, Jay Monahan has come out and said they're suspended. A lot of these guys are quitting the PGA yeah. Tour. That's madness, that. Is that is that going to change? Like, is Jay Monahan's hand going to be forced? He, he has to go, you know what? We need these guys because if we lose, if we lose another ten of these guys, our product is not as desirable. Like we're not going to be able to bring in as much money. I think it. it or do you think he'll have to resign, and someone else comes, a new comes yeah, in? Yeah, I've or? no, I've no idea. It feels at the moment. Again, we've touched on this, and and, and I'm I'm conscious that some people listening are kind of a little bit sick of the live conversation, but we're going to have to keep talking about it for the short term because it's such such big news. And it is massively changing the face of, of golf as we know it, of tournament professional golf. But yeah, the PJ Tour are kind of stuck in between a rock and a hard place, aren't they? If they suddenly say, actually, yeah, you can play, then they've kind of admitted defeat. And ultimately, how many of the guys are going to want to play on the PJ Tour? If they're playing in the future 12, 13, 14 weeks on live, four majors, that's 16 events a year, do they need to play the PJ Tour? But then if they want to dip the toe in, maybe they won't play one or two events, but then the guys who've been loyal to the PJ Tour, surely they're going to say, well, I'll go and do live then if that's the case. So it, I really have no idea. I can see, I don't know what's going to happen, but I can see the DP World Tour thriving. I can see that being where the guys go and play the odd event. But also, is that is that going to fracture their relationship with the PJ Tour? I think it will, but I don't think DP World will really care. They can't, they, they, they can't just, be picky. And it, it's, um, it's very know, interesting. I, I don't know. I think... For golfers, for golf fans, you know, we want to see the best players playing the best events. And, you know, watching that US Open, I touched on this last week in the podcast, looking at Matt Fitzpatrick going onto that golf course, being a legitimate, you know, European Tour winner and walking off now a major champion. You ha- you see him in a different light. You, you think, you know what? You were already an amazing, amazing golfer, but now you're in that class of the elite, world class. There's not many guys in the grand scheme of things who can say they've won a major in golf. I don't think the DP, sorry, I don't think, for, certainly for the next number of years, you will have that with Liv because it just feels too new. But do you have to have that more than four times a year? Is four times a year to have these real prestige events, the Open, the Masters, the US Open, the US PGA, is that enough of those real, that means something? Can the rest of the year be almost exhibitions? Could be. Yeah, I don't it know. It really could be. I also want to spend time to give another shout out to um, Matt's caddy. Yes. So th- this is an incredible story. So Billy Foster is Matt Fitzpatrick's caddy. He's caddied for 40 years in professional golf. That's He's insane. caddied for some of the biggest names in the world of golf, including Seve. Yes. Darren Clark, Sergio Garcia, Lee Westwood for a long time. Tiger Woods. See, I didn't know that one. Yeah, I'll, show, I'll show, I'll even show you this picture. It's proof. 
Well, did you say this was when? Oh yeah, wow. At the President's Cup, I think he, he was stepping for Steve uh, Williams. Steve Williams was about to have a baby. That's right. right. Um, by all accounts, a lovely, lovely man. Mm. People speak very highly of him, and I must admit, <laughs> Bar Steve Williams, possibly one of the most famous caddies. I would say so. Yeah, like you've his got, name. You've got bones. Yeah. He's got to be top handful, hasn't he? Yeah, well, I can't Definitely. name that many. Ca- and he, no. he'd be one that he does loads of after dinner speaking. He's apparently the stories really funny. he must have would be insane. Uh, like we it, need to get him on the podcast. We do need to get him on That'll the podcast. That would be so good. He really, it, it would be amazing. Um, who else? I think he's caddied for Thomas Bjorn. All sorts. Anyway, you'd imagine, and I didn't know this. You'd imagine for the for the amount of quality golfers he's caddied for, he's never won a major. Yeah. None of his players at the time have won a major. And that doesn't make him a bad caddy, by the way. just means that he, he, he just wasn't there at the right time. Matt was his first major victory. So on the 18th green, I don't know who was a mo- more emotional. <laughs> Genuinely. It was, it was almost like Matt was consoling Billy. Yeah, no, it was. And that's the, I think that's the beautiful thing with like this relationship with caddies. That's, you, you have different guys have different relationships with the caddies. So some see it purely as a business thing. They'll meet each other what, an hour and a half before they tee off, whatever. They'll do the 18 holes and then the caddy will go off and they'll go off. You get some guys like Rory who've got in to employ the best friend who they, you know, he's also Harry Diamond's an amazing golfer as well who knows his stuff. But that's more of a relationship. I want someone on the golf course that I feel comfortable with, that I can go for a drink with afterwards. That was a slightly weird one though with him, wasn't it, as well? The week that Matt, uh, um, Harry was off. Um, Having a baby also. Yeah, Rory went and won. Um, which is, is crazy. You've then got guys like we, Lee Westwood now, who is obviously having his wife on the bag and his son. He's been there and done it. He doesn't really need advice on what to do. He just wants someone to talk to and probably talk about non-golf things yeah, in between right. shots. But, you know, the caddy is something that, it's a strange, I don't think there's many other relationships in sport like it, from what I can think of, where you're with the athlete at all times. You really are. It's not even like a, a football manager because no. during the 90 minutes they can shout things, but they're not with them, are they? Um, and it must be, uh, you know, they get paid very well if you're a good caddy, obviously, that the money they can make is incredible, certainly on the live tour, from what I've heard, obviously. Um, but to actually spend every day, you know, carrying that bag around, giving advice, you know, you probably do feel like, and rightly so, a massive part of the win. It, and- mu- it must Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. 
J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Be sort of quite frustrating as well, though. Sometimes, like they say, hit a shot and then they fat it or something. <laughs> and you're like, you just cost me twenty grand. But also, like you, you're right on. You know, you can control it, but you, you've not got full control. It must be worse in some ways, you know. You, you've probably, I mean, you can't put a percentage on it, but you've probably got five percent of control yeah. over what the player is going to do, and and. You know, sometimes that works in your favour. There'll be times where caddies have made bad decisions and they've given wrong yardages and they give wrong clubs or the, you know, the the wind directions. It's a, I think it's quite a stressful job. Like yeah. I, I feel like there's a lot of pressure on you. You've got to be out there every single day carrying a massive golf bag. You've got to have everything in ship, you know, perfect condition and everything else. You got to look after yourself, fend for yourself as well. Often the times. Um, but yeah, massive shout out to Billy Foster. Is it? I'm sure this is. It's a bit of a silly question. Cause I think I know the answer. But obviously, within professional golf, becoming a major champion is is one of, well, the biggest thing you can do. Is that how it's seen within the caddy kind of world as well? That he'll now be seen by his peers oh, as yeah. a major champion caddy. Yeah, yeah, I reckon so. Yeah, must be, mustn't it? And they keep the flag off 18. And yeah, because Scheffler's caddy now, Ted Scott, isn't it? Um, he's kind of like. If, if you've ever seen him on social media, he's brilliant on social yes, media. He's really he had kind the Lomo and the flag. Yeah, he's really kind of almost like bringing out his own personality. And, and you know, they are obviously the people as well. They've yeah. got they've got their own lives and their own backgrounds. And yeah, if if anyone knows Billy and we can get him on the podcast, that'd be absolutely incredible. Because be. I think he would be superb. Um, speaking of majors, though, we've okay. got a nice little. I was going to say speaking about caddying. Oh, go on. Are we going to about talk about the same well, topic, uh, though? But yes, we are. So well, I'm <laughs> going to come on to that in a sec. So speaking of majors, um, the Open is fast approaching. And as you, I'm sure, know, if you listen to this podcast and you watch it week in, week out, we are champions of the Open. We love the Open. 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 So much so, I've heard you recently starting saying it's your favourite major over the Masters, but I've also heard you say it's, it depends on the time of year. It really does. April and Masters. I get that. April, I wear green. Um July, I play. I wear blue and yellow. Play Lynx golf. Yeah, yeah. no, I get. For, for me, it is always the Open. However, I must admit, Masters Week, I do get really into the Masters. Um, it's a toss of a coin. Yeah. E- either one is is the best. I can see both sides. But the Open is coming around soon, and um, the Open qualifying happened yesterday or two days ago. When you listen to this, which we're going to come on to very shortly. But the first ever Open, and I think the next twenty or twelve, whatever it was after that. Um, good few anyway were played at Presswick Golf Club, which is where my hat right now. The first Open, eighteen sixty. Um, the story. I mean, since we first went, well, since we went to St Andrews last year, 
I've become a little bit of a golf history kind of fan, certainly with the St. Andrews, old Tom Morris, uh, Alan Robertson, who was Tom Morris's boss. I've become kind of obsessed with how golf, as we know it, kind of started. Yep. And golf was going on for hundreds of years before this kind of era. But, but old Tom Morris in particular and Alan Robertson were the kind of real pioneers of golf as we know it today. And old Tom Morris was working at the old course at St Andrews and he was working for Alan Robertson and they had a disagreement about golf balls. And then old Tom went to Presswick and that golf course was formed. And the Open, as we know it, was formed in 1860. And you started your walk there. But as we said earlier on, before your walk, the day before we played it for break 75, what a golf course. It, it's gone right up there very, very quickly into one of my favourite golf courses I've played. 100%. Um, and it's it's more it's more the venue. It, the golf course is very, very interesting. Yeah. If we didn't play it with the head pro, Dave, we would have really, really struggled mm. because it's one of those courses you need to know your way around. You need You need advice, don't you, really? Yes, and so we played it on the Monday last, literally a week ago, just before we did the. I did the walk across, and I did the walk from Presswick because it is the first ever open venue, and I walked 150 miles to the 150th open at St Andrews this year, so it all kind of fits in quite nicely. Um, the the history of the place, it, it's kind of quite magical. It, it's, it is. It's kind of as. In a different way, as magical as St. Andrews. Yeah, I would say so. It's got its own kind of history in the fact that the golf course used to be 12 holes. It did. It used to be played a different way, which there might be an opportunity to play it in its original form later on this year, which I, I think we should make a video about. Um, since that, it's expanded over to 18 holes. It's still it's as, as original as it is now when it was first kind of made into this 18 holes. Um so many interesting green complexes. Yeah. Like the greens were so phenomenally interesting. Mad. There's a blind par three. Yes. Which you never get now, do you really? Ever. That is the most, one of the most <clears throat> interesting holes and unique holes that I've ever seen. Yeah. There was um, a blind, a really, really blind second shot into the 17th. Yeah. The the 15th, which is called the Narrows, I'd not played, we'd not played that golf course no. before. I hit an unbelievable three iron exactly where Dave told me to hit. Yeah. If I would have known how tight it was in that alleyway, I wouldn't have hit it that straight. 100%. That's the kind of golf course I would say to get the best score on it, it'll be your first, probably your first time, but you need someone with you. So someone like Dave, who was the pro, who was amazing, he says, like you said, hit at that marker or hit over that bunker, and you do. And then you get down and you go, oh my word, if I'd have gone 10 foot further left, there's that or there's this. I think if you played it again, once you know that trouble's there, that would get in your head. It, would. it really would. There's a bunker called the Sahara. Yes, because for it's obvious so, reasons. It's so big on the 17th. Um, just phenomenal. Just really, really, really interesting. The pro shop. The pro shop was amazing. It's the, got merch for days. Um, Dave, I, I didn't get the assistant's name, actually. Oh, it's, it's gone out my I feel head like now. I want to say Nathan, but I'm not no, sure. So the assistant in there as well was so helpful. Um, and Ken, the club secretary, came and come and saw yeah. us. Like, it's got, it's traditional, but it doesn't feel stuffy. No. Does it? It, it feels well, like... It's feels quite modern but traditional well they have over obviously outside of, of scotland well on both sides they have a lot of american tourists a lot of just general tourists it's right near troon it's near dun uh, is it dun what's dun 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 i was gonna look at dun links so i think these kind of golf clubs they have to 
kind of naturally embrace their traditions, which is why people are going, but also be very welcoming and very good hospitality because they're getting so much income in from these kind of tourists. But what I said, the pro shop had all this merch with the first open or whatever really it says, and I've got the hat on now. Um, what a golf course. And I think anyone that plays there and knows a little bit about the story, you're just in awe of the place. Yeah, it's magical. How would you describe the the way I played on the back nine? The way you played on the back nine? Um, I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> so memorable, yeah? <laughs> I was trying to beat around the bush then. I, I literally can't. Um, let me think. The, well, at oh, least on nah. the last like six or seven holes. Yeah, you were solid. You were very, very again. solid. Wow. You were hitting it very straight. Thank you. You were hitting it wherever Dave said to, you were putting it. Correct. I don't want to give any scores away. You hit some... What was that hole where you you messed up on the green, though? Was that... Was it maybe the 14? The up or the second mess no, up. No, I can't remember. The 13th. The, the, one, the, the really hard hole. Yes. I hit two of the great shots in my life. That's exactly it. To hit and the, the green. That green was a stinker, and then, and though. Then, and then messed it up. My putting wasn't great, which had frustrated me. But, yeah, that break 75 will come out now. this Friday. It is memorable. Um, but I hit a lot of very, very, very good shots. Your golf's getting good. Yeah, and we finished at 10 o'clock at night. Yes. I must admit, though, now, I've had a week off because I've been walking over Scotland, as you do, and uh, I don't know what my game's going to be like. So hopefully, if my foot repairs by then this week, we're going to film another break 75, and we'll we'll soon find out. You'll be really fit, at least. And if not, I've got an excuse. Yeah, Got a broken have. foot, Anna. Um, but obviously, the unique thing with the Open and the US Open, um, certainly the Open over here, is it's open. It is what it, it says is, in the tip. It is open from the very date of 1860. Yes. That was the whole idea And of it. if you're uh, prof- in the current standards anyway, I'm not fully sure on when it very first started, but if you're a professional golfer, you're either, you've just turned professional or you've done your PGA, you can enter open qualifying. Or if you're an amateur with a scratch handicap or better, you can attend um, qualifying. And what's the fees? 150 quid or so. Yeah, I've not, I've obviously not done it for a few years, but it was in, It was yeah, it's probably about 150 Which quid. Which I can see why so many people and amateurs who are off scratch do it because you might go in as an amateur and, and go, you know what, I'm a scratch golfer. I've just got to scratch three months ago. In reality, there's not much chance of me getting through the first stage, but I want to enter for that experience. I'll play with some good players and I'll play a great golf course and it'll be an experience that I'm, you know, I'm technically in a sense playing in the open. You're playing the first stage of the open. And your friend, John Beasley, who I played with recently as well. He is an absolute baller. I'll let you explain obviously more about him. He did okay. He did all right. <laughs> he did all right. So yeah, there's 15 open venues. Um, so this year, locally to us, Fairhaven is one and um, Caldy Golf Club over in the Wirral. Um, there's loads of other golf courses that, you know, that, again, they're pretty normally spectacular, nice golf mm. courses. Um, loads of really good names did well in it. But yeah, so I got a message yesterday afternoon while I was sat on the beach at St. Andrews from my really good friend, John Beasley, who I've played loads of golf with, who um, a member of Mia, um, who we played golf with, like you say, JCB recently with his dad as well. Plays off... What's is it plus off six now? or something like that? He's off about plus five or six. Outrageous. Yeah, he's, he's pretty handy, right? He didn't tell any of us he's doing open qualifying, like right? That. And I must admit, before the start of day, I looked at Fairhaven. I thought, I bet he's going to do it there. And I searched his name. I couldn't find him. I was like, he's not doing he's it. He's not doing it then, yeah. Got a text message about 12 o'clock yesterday. Hey, lads, uh, I've done pretty well. <laughs> and he, he sends his scorecard over and he shot five under par, a 67. So he played to his handicap. 
36 points. 67 at Coldy Golf Club. Coldy Golf Club. He had no bogeys on the scorecard. He nice. had an eagle on the front nine and three birdies on the back nine. And he won regional qualifying to go on to final qualifying next week. It's incredible. The more exciting news, <laughs> I got a phone call this morning. Okay. Of my... My new best, best friend, basically. Well, he was, yeah, Beasley. he was your friend before, I'll give you that. But now, all of a sudden, he's become best friend. That's the weird thing. <laughs> he's like, I might actually get married again and maybe have him the best <laughs> man. Um, funny story, we actually got married on the same day, but a year apart. So we share anniversaries as well. Basically. We're basically just brothers. Almost brothers. So um, his brother, who just moved to Australia, probably wouldn't but say But you do look like he could be like brothers in a way. People, someone said, actually, on the message I shared it, someone said he looks like you, but he's like the shaved, a bit of an older version. He does look a bit like you. I can get that. He looks like Sergio Garcia, I think. Yeah, a bit of that he as well. He really does. Yeah. So um, John rang me this morning and uh, said to me, I'm doing open qualifying next Tuesday at St. Anzold Links. Would you like to caddy for me? <laughs> I'm like, yes, I bloody would. I said, I'm really good at carrying a bag. Yes. And I'm really good at walking. Two rounds easy. <laughs> so, yeah, next Tuesday, I'm going to be caddying in final qualifying. That is insane. For John Beasley um, at St. Anzold Links. I've, I'll distribute information. I said, am I allowed to talk about it? Do you want people coming down? He said, I'd love people I to come, come down. I might come then. Yeah, he said, I'd love people to come down. Um, and uh, if he qualifies for the Open, I might be able to carry him in the Open. That'd be incredible. So... For the regional qualifying, was it top nine or something get through from each one? I feel like it, it varies. It it's on nine the... or ten, okay. roughly. So that will be if there was, there was the nine of nine venues as well. Just oh, 150 people, and then other people get straight into final, don't they? Who might yeah. be like a certain level of tour pro or whatever it might be. But it's over like three different golf courses. Yeah, so it'll be like sixty odd maybe each venue, and then is it like three get through each venue? Oh, no, it's, I think it's still a, almost a hundred at each venue. Oh right, okay. It's so still a lot. It's of a lot of people, and it's like the top three get through. Yeah. So it's obviously very, very tough, but that's the, I think that is the magic of the Open. Someone like John, who can clearly play very good golf, if he does that again two days in a row, which is possible, of course it is, it is. It is. he'll be in the Open. It's madness. It, it's three, re, don't get me wrong, there are incredible rounds of golf against incredible, talented golfers, the best amateurs that are probably going to play in anything, and the best pros. It's three rounds of golf away from playing in the open. Like he could legitimately in July be teeing it up at St Andrews for the one hundred and fiftieth open. Like what other sport do you get that chance in? That that's the that's what is so unique about well, it. I can't go to the local go kart track and try and qualify <laughs> for next next week's F one. Can I? <laughs> no. Like I can't go to the local five aside <laughs> five aside football pitch and suddenly be playing in next year's World Give Cup. Give me a trial, mate. <laughs> I can't you know, I you don't get it in in any other sports maybe tennis maybe snooker yeah well some sports does it <laughs> <laughs> some sports you can but we don't but golf know does so it, golf does it really golf really it really better. good really good so yeah i'm really excited about that um and i think it's going to be pretty epic um what kind of caddy will you be are you going to be a carry and shut up or are you going to try and give advice or just say like if you want advice ask me or well the good news is we actually played um, the last time we played at St. Anzold Links... That was your band today, wasn't it? When you went in the... We got smashed. Yeah, was that when you went in the uh, cab? I think you talked about it on the podcast. You yeah, went in a mini we got cab or smashed. Yeah. So me and John, I think we... Did we win the day? Because it was the time where there was two groups, three group, uh, three players in each group. And at the end of it, we had exactly the same score. But I think, I'm sure me and John shot like... I mean, it was off, it was in the winter, so a bit tiny bit easier, but we shot like three or four under par each. Um 
So I, I do know the golf course. St. Anzold Links, like, the greens aren't too challenging. Or what you see is what you get, really, don't you? The, the four par fives, two yeah. on the front nine, two on the back. 17 and 18. 17 and That's 18. Um, John is incredible at putting. He's very, very straight off the tee. Um, it, it's a course that can suit him. Is it, I, well, obviously, I've only played with him the once at JCB, and he kind of, like, he hits it. Not, like, necessarily better than you would hit it, but it's, like, every time. Whereas, like, you've got a great drive and I have as well he got a great drive in the can then it could hit a snap up that's like horrendous I feel like from what I've seen the short bit I've seen from it's like you tease it up you know what's coming you know what's yeah. coming and that kind of golf I guess under pressure is is obviously a very good thing yeah his, his misses are never bad like yeah. he never I've never seen him miss badly um, I'd I'd like love it say, if he got through oh it'd be, it'd be the best in the world imagine I'm there doing work for the Open and MasterCard. I'm, Sack them off. I'm really sorry, guys. I've, I'm just going to quickly go and caddy for my mate. He's teeing off at three. I'm there running down at five to three. <laughs> sorry, John. <laughs> but who knows? Who knows? I'm not thinking too far ahead, but um, I am, I'm also thinking very far ahead. But very, 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 very exciting. Who do you think will win the Open? John Beasley. I think so. <laughs> um, well... It'd I'm be just, like if it's just, like be about two o'clock on the Friday and it's amateurs walking down the um, seven, the thirty sixth hole. And everyone's like, "Why is Caddy stop on the stopped on the Swilkin Bridge taking selfies?" Oh, it's that guy does YouTube videos. I'll be filming every bit. I'll have a hat cam on. I'll be I'll have two cameras. I'll be filming every single bit. Loads of, of sponsored logoed up. I'll be sponsoring from head to toe. Yeah. yeah. Um, but to be fair, he does have his own fantastic blinds company, South Cheshire Blinds. So make sure you check him out. A little free plug for him there. Um, the um, Who's going to win? I think Fitzy could do well now after that performance. Well, obviously, we played it a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. It is, I don't like to say it, but it isn't that hard. No. Is it, really? The only thing that makes it hard is the weather. And the rough, after seeing it just just gone this weekend, it's definitely thicker than when we played it, even. I think it's, it's not so much that it's hard, but I still think there's some element of being fairly accurate because you can bomb it around there and you'll find your ball. That's a given but you might not have the best lines into the pins. And with those pins, sorry, with those greens having so many mad undulations, like let's just say Bryson bombs it around. I know he's not playing great, but if he's got a wedge in, then that's fine. He'll hit the green, but you might then bounce around mm. and have a hard, I don't know. I think it's, it's still some level of accuracy. Definitely. Um, the one thing I did want to mention earlier, um, and we can, might, might even pop this in earlier or to keep it here. Let's keep it in. Once I'd finished the, um, walk i also went to jigger had some food with my wife and met up with our good friend the drone pilot yeah looked after us we stayed at the old course hotel i wanted to give them a massive shout out because they looked after us as well which was amazing i've not really talked about the day i had in st andrews with the family oh no can i am I right to talk about um, it no. i do mind you. Okay. of course i want to hear about it <laughs> um because my family's never been to st andrews oh wow like my wife's never been there my what kids did she never what been she there. think what did, what, what did claire think first of all she thinks it's one of the most beautiful places really in the world. i'm glad you said that because i didn't know if you'd weirdly say because she doesn't get that vibe of the golf she might go she Wah. thought it was absolutely incredible so you're moving up there yeah i bet you'd bet you 100 you had a weird discussion about it on the way home at some point not not moving up there but buying something up there. <laughs> of course you did um it, it's just it is you know what as well I fell in love with it more showing her. Yes. Like, did you show her the bit we went to, the front? That's where I met her. So I met her there. What did so, you? So basically, she drove up on the f Sunday with the kids. Yeah. Parked up at the old course hotel. 
Yeah. The support van picked the kids up and yeah. her. They got changed, whatever. Drove down to East Beach. That's our beach. Yeah. Our beach. <laughs> <laughs> we found that we, just for context, we found this cool little beach on a run we didn't know existed. So now it's mine and Rick's beach, not his and Claire's. Anybody else? Well, that's Albert. where I, that's where I touched the sea on the other side of the. I thought I, I touched it and I was like, guy, guy. <laughs> I wrote in the sand, guy and Rick with it. Guy was here, <laughs> and um, so yeah, they met me there, and then we walked through the town. There was quite a lot of us at that point. We walked through the town, past the um, cathedral. Um, up onto Market Street, down Market Street. It was amazing. Like the atmosphere, the sun was shining. It was amazing. Um, and then afterwards, went up to Russock's Hotel, had a drink up on the balcony. Oh, nice. The kids were playing on the putting green and like looking over. It's it's unbelievable. It's so good. Uh, the massive grandstand behind 18 oh, built. Now? It's not quite there, but it's, it's getting it's, there. Guy, it's massive. <laughs> I like the way it's a guy. It's massive. <laughs> It's massive. Like, honestly, the, the crowd this year is going to be outrageous. Um, we then went to Jiggerin, stumbled to Jiggerin. But, like, the golf you course... You at this point. Guinness yeah, in. I was sourced. I'd, I'd had a pint before I finished. So we walked past the Jiggerin. This was a brilliant moment on the 17th. We walked past the Jiggerin, and uh, some guys in the Jiggerin outside shouted over, Rick, well done. And we're obviously in this massive, like, crowd. And he kind of like lifted his pint up and I said, is that for me? And he went, yeah. So Matt, who's doing the podcast with his camera, went running over there. Bless him. He'd walked the whole last day as oh well. He went running over there, grabbed the pint. And it was a full pint, I believe, when he grabbed it. But the, the, it, the excitement. Yeah, it and wobbled the undul- a bit. And the undulations, it came back as like half a pint. No, I'm joking. <laughs> it, there was a little bit missing off the top. And I, and I glugged it in a, in a few glugs. And then got over the got over the, the Swilkin Bridge and popped... Prosecco, drank that. Someone somehow handed me a Guinness. I drank that. Went up to the Russell, had a few drinks up there, down to the Jigger Inn. But what what I'm trying to say here is obviously <laughs> Sunday is a really magical day at St. Andrews because the golf is course shot. is closed. Yeah, of course. But the course is closed now anyway. Ah. So even the Monday, the course was still closed. Right. And it's it's just it's just incredible. <laughs> so anyway, we stayed at the old course hotel, got an inc- unbelievable rooms like two rooms matching and the kids just thought it was the best place in the world as well so we got up that day had breakfast walked down and we stumbled down shall I say kind of hobbled down to the um, high street we picked up some bits from uh, like a local shop some buckets and spades and stuff again walking through uh, the old course over the golf course and she's like this town's more than golf in it I was like it is but it's also so much into golf yeah. but her as a non-golf fan she loved it there. Like she was like, it's so picturesque, it it's so pretty. The yeah. beach was amazing. However, story unfortunately ends badly. So <laughs> I don't want to hear a bad word said about St Andrews. So if it's going to be a bad word, don't tell me this story. It's bad. Oh, for God's sake. It's bad. Right. So we go into West Sands Beach. Okay. Which where, one's that one? By now? the way, where Rob oh, Sandman did that incredible art. The one, the beautiful yeah, beach, yeah, no, a really like, long Sandman one, right? that place. Yeah. So we walked down. And but thanks Rob, by the way, for doing that it was incredible. So we walked down, and, and first off, me, Jude, and Ivy went down first because Claire and um, Pearl had gone get some food for lunch. So we went down, and they were playing in the sand, bucket space. They covered my legs with sand. It was beautiful. I was sunbathing. It was it was absolutely incredible, right? But then this is where it turned for the worst. Go on. Okay. So Claire came down with Pearl with some food. Okay. Yeah. So they're all getting sun cream on and everything else. It's all good, and. Um, the kids were having like Lunchables or whatever. And Claire decided to make uh, me and her some sandwiches. Okay. So she bought some bread, brought some ham, 
bought some coleslaw and she was making these sandwiches, right? <laughs> I know so, this is going so on. So she gave me the first one, okay? I was like, brilliant. I'm tucking in, I'm starving, right? My legs are covered in sand. It was quite refreshing. The kids are playing, the sun's shining, you know, everything's rosy. Yeah. Until. A bird pooed on you. It's about a bird. Took your sandwich. So then Claire makes her sandwich, right? So I've, I've pretty much finished mine. I'm on the last little nibble, right? She's just about to tuck into hers. I'm not being, I'm not exaggerating this guy. We got assaulted. <laughs> by seagulls. By the nastiest, most horrible seagulls ever. The kids wow. were screaming, crying. Claire like screamed. This seagull, massive, <laughs> massive, the size of a plane, right? This this bloody light aircraft, and there was loads of them. Like, for whatever reason, Claire got a sandwich, and maybe schoolboy error. We might not have known this. She's there tucking into a sandwich, and obviously, I probably should have known because I got my sandwich nicked last mm. year on the golf course. She's there, just about to tuck into a lovely sandwich she's just made. Bang. Honestly, massive, right? The seagull comes and tries to grab it, misses, swings round again. It's, it's bloody massive. And there's like five of them round us and crows, black crows oh and everything. God. The kids are screaming. Like my legs are like... <laughs> Jelly legs. <laughs> my legs are knackered anyway. <laughs> and and like I didn't show it to the kids. But I was a bit scared I of bet. these bloody big birds as well. So I'm like stood up. I'm, I'm like acting the big man. Claire chucks a sandwich and they go and they go and get the sandwich, and then they kind of come back. But, but there's nothing else. So I'm like uh, clapping. I'm clapping my hands. I'm pretending to be a bird. Oh my god! <laughs> there's loads of people around. There's loads of people around. I'm thinking, I hope everyone knew it was you as why well. Is it, why is it just happening to us? Like, why are we just being attacked here, right? And being attacked. And I'm not. I'm not joking, right? So I'm there clapping. The kids are screaming. It's. It, I was thinking, what happened two minutes ago? This was the best day ever. Um. Then. Um. Anyway, they, I managed to shoo them off. I managed to fend them off. And they, they look at you right in the eye. And they aren't scared. <laughs> Those seagulls are not scared. Like, they were looking at me going, what are you going to do? You do, mate. So what? You walk 150 miles? I don't care. <laughs> have you? <laughs> like, honestly, they were nasty, nasty, nasty. So nasty. that put a bit of a dampener on St. Andrews then for you? Just top tips. Don't take food to the beach. I don't understand. People must just not do it. Yeah. Or take, like, snacks. And if you go into the open... Keep your eyes to the sky. I'm quite glad there was that little bit of negativity towards the end because if you'd have come back saying that they all love St Andrews, I would have been a bit like, it's my place. It's mine and your place. It's not their place. So maybe <laughs> I might have planted them seagulls there. So the kids went playing and we, Claire risked it again for some reason. Risked it again. Happened again, right? My God. And Claire like stood up and she's like, and she like went storming after the kids and my, my fairy tale, my, my like, this is my world. She's like, we're leaving. And I'm like, I hate this place. I was like, no, no don't do this. Why did you do this to me, Seagulls? So that might be the tears in the uh, in the documentary. Also, I forgot to mention that before, <laughs> just one last, 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 last thing. Obviously, the, ma the money we've raised so far has been absolutely incredible. Again, 120 odd thousand, which is incredible. I'm going to put a link in the podcast audio and the youtube channel if you can and if you're not yet if you can if you've listened to this story and you think bloody hell he did a, he did a, he did a good deed there and you'd love to support prostate cancer uk you can donate as little as two pounds if we can get a, a few extra people a few extra thousand people to donate two pounds i would love love to reach 150,000 pounds nice. raised like 150,000 for 150 miles for the 150 uh, uh, open 
if you can spare it, and I know things are hard at the moment with living costs, but if you can spare £2, I would massively appreciate it. I'll, I'll, t- I'll put a link everywhere as well. Um, that was great. Other things to cover? No, I think that's it for today. Um, if you've enjoyed the podcast and you've been listening, please rate us on Apple. Not for a while, but rate us five stars. I think you can do it on Spotify as well now, so feel free to, to rate us. If you've been watching on YouTube, thank you. Um, like the video. What are you laughing at? I'm laughing. <laughs> Oh, so on the on the drive home, uh, we were still talking we've about been St Andrews, have we? <laughs> we were still talking about the, the seagulls, and my daughter Pearl kept saying, "I loved it there, I loved it there, but I didn't like the eagles." Ah, she kept, kept calling them eagles. She knows what you're. Dodge eagle and eighteen. Do you know another thing as well? Did you know why Glen Eagles is called Glen Eagles? It's the Glen of the Eagles. I didn't know that. I, I discovered it, no. and that's right. You do have and eagles. I, and I saw an eagle in the glen. Yeah. So, yeah, anyway. So that's another fact you've learned today <laughs> listening. Um, no, but yeah, so if you've watched and you liked it, hit the like button. Why not? Maybe leave a comment. Um, we will be back on Tuesday, back to normal Tuesdays. We've got a little guest lined up that might slot into the episode. So we're going to do that now. Uh, so if we're in the same clothes in the next one you're watching, we do get changed. We're doing some weird moves. What, what are you doing? This Rick does stuff at the end now, so people are listening. And go, what, what was he actually doing? Why he, did he have his top off? Really? You go, yeah, he has. Do you know? By the way, I've still got the shoes I walked every mile in. Wow, because they're the only shoes currently that fit you've got a me. leg on the table as well now. They're tanned, aren't they? Quite tanned. You've got denim shorts on. So if you if you've not watched this, you're really missing out. I'm only wearing shorts now. Yeah, because my legs are just about brown enough to to. And to I'm go not with gonna, it. I'm not going to now make them go white again. Yeah, nice. I need to commit to shorts for the whole of the summer. Mm. I get that. And I've got I've got a little bit of calf structure now. Only structure. a little bit. Only a tiny bit, but it's there. Anyway, thanks for listening. Um, thanks for all your support. Um, next Tuesday, go and caddy in. My best mate. We're going to go and qualify for the Open. Best mate? <laughs> Didn't have his phone number till last week. <laughs> you know, I did. This is a funny story, though. I, I did. I quote tweeted Coldy's tweet yesterday. Yeah. And I put like, oh, one of my... Like one of my really good friends has qualified for the open, this, that, the other, shared it, right? Tagged him in it and everything, shared it. I was like, oh, yeah, you know, obviously friends on Facebook, follow each other on Insta. I, d- I didn't even follow him on Twitter. Oh. <laughs> I do now, though. I do now. So he basically is my best mate. All right. Yeah. Peace out. Bye. Bye. Bye.